Good morning. How are y'all? Woo! Some good looking ladies here today. Are we beautiful? Okay, seriously. If anyone in this room should have answered that question, it should be those of you who are male. So let's try that again. Are we ladies beautiful? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hey. Hey, y'all, thanks so much for being here today. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to speak with you again. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm going it alone today. Uh, no Chris, just me. So for those of you who are like, when is Chris going to take a vacation? Um, he's today. That's, that's his thing today. So he just gets to hang out and be cool today. So um, ladies, I'm so thrilled to have the opportunity to speak to you again. And guys, I appreciate you hanging in there with us as we talk about beauty. Um, this morning as I was getting ready to come, I had several things that I needed to bring with me, namely my laundry that just got folded. Yes, that worked out very nicely. And I was like, Chris, I've got this stuff and I've got to get ready and can you help me? And so I had everything together and he was like, I'll, I'll go out and put it in the truck for you. And I was like, oh, great guy. And so he goes out and he puts it in the truck. Well, I drive a Suburban and he drives like this convertible Jeep thing. And so I really didn't specify which vehicle, so I go out to get ready to go, and he put it in his truck. So that means the top is off, and the, and the thing like folds back, the top folds back, and the windows are down. And, and so I got in, and, and I start driving, and, and the wind starts blowing, and I was like, my hair! Oh, this is not going to be a good thing. And I was like, oh, I really love my husband, but my hair. And so I got on the interstate because it's the quickest way to get here. And I'm always fighting the clock. And those of you that know that about me, just be quiet right now because we won't be friends anymore. Anyway, and so I get on the interstate and I'm going. And so I, I figured out the way. This is for those of you who have husbands or you drive a convertible vehicle. If you lean really forward into the front of the vehicle and you take one hand and you hold your hair like this, you can set the cruise and you can drive like this and your hair will survive. So there it is. There's my beauty tip for the day. That was free. All right. Awesome. Well, let's take a minute and, um, and review what we talked about last week. We were talking about the book of Psalms and we were talking about how God is enthralled with our beauty that um, it doesn't matter who's around us, our family or our friends, that we belong to God. We are his royal daughter. And when we belong to him and we know him and we are in relationship with him, that he is enthralled with our beauty. And we talked about, ladies, we talked about beginning to change our minds about the way we think about beauty. It's not just a physical thing anymore. We're going to shift our whole perspective and understand that beauty begins in us when we know God and when we are in relationship with him. So just, just humor me for a minute, ladies. Any, any of you make any progress on that? Can I see any hands? Are we, are we getting anywhere? Okay, we got a few. We got a few. Okay, for the rest of you, come on. Let's get with this thing. We, we've got to trust God. We've got to believe what he says to us about how he sees us. 
We've got to lay down what the world says. We've got to pick up what the word says. So we're going to keep on in our study today. We're going to go to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. I want to give you a little bit of background about this chapter. Jesus has been traveling Um, We see in verse 38, let me go ahead and just set the scene for you right here. It says, as Jesus and his disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village. So Jesus and his disciples continued on their way. Continued on their way from where? One of the things when you're reading through, especially in the life of Jesus, you'll, you'll see a lot of that as he went or he was coming. You always want to back up just a little bit and try to figure out what was going on because there's usually some rich detail in the verses right before there that really help you know what was happening. So we're in chapter 10 and really in the beginning of chapter 10, if you, if you have time, go back and read it. It's wonderful to see what was happening with Jesus. Jesus has had all these people traveling with him and It's kind of a big crowd, almost a hundred guys traveling around with him. And so he breaks them up into smaller groups of teams. And he says, now you guys are going to go over here and work. And you guys are going to go over here. And he breaks them out and he sends them out. And he says, now go tell people about me and go tell them that I love them. And let's do this thing. Let's start spreading the word that God loves us. And that he wants to, to have a place in our lives. And so he sends his disciples out and then Jesus has these 12 guys that he travels with and they head out and they're doing and they're going from town to town and Jesus is teaching and he's meeting people and people who are sick are getting healed and um, he's, he's teaching in synagogues, doing all this stuff. And there's, there's even times where there are people who are not a huge fan of Jesus come and they try to trip him up. They'll come and they'll ask him some tricky question And these are leaders and teachers of the day. And they're just so aggravated that Jesus is doing this awesome thing. And they just can't stand it. And so all they want to do is just trip him up. So that's what Jesus has been busy doing. And by the time we get to verse 38, he is tired. He is tired. And for those of you who have ever had any... um, Maybe a job in public service where you work with people who are in crisis or you're really working hard to meet the needs of people. You know that working with people can be very draining. And sometimes you just get weary and you get tired. And that's where we find Jesus. So he's traveling along. They're continuing on their way to Jerusalem. We're in verse 38 of chapter 10. They're continuing on their way to Jerusalem and they came to a certain village. The name of that village is Bethany. Bethany is about an hour and a half walk outside of the metropolis of Jerusalem. So in today's terms, we could kind of call it a suburb. So we've got Jerusalem, the center of religious culture, huge town, lots going on there. And here's this quiet little sleepy podunk kind of town called Bethany. And Bethany means a place of humility, a place of rest. So when you, when you learn the meaning of the name of that town, it's very appropriate that Jesus went there. So here comes Jesus and his disciples, and they're on their way to Jerusalem. They came to the town of Bethany. And notice what it says next in this verse. I love this. It says, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. A woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Now, the home that he's going to visit, there are actually three people that live there. Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. 
So we have a male and two females. We have a brother and two sisters. Now, if you spend much time in the Bible and all at all, one of the things that you learn is that men are really kind of favored. They're, they're kind of the, a big deal, which I know you guys like that. And, um, and when we look in the Bible, men are, are the leaders of the home. Their, their occupations are very important. They have large families hoping to have sons in order to be able to carry on what that family does. And women are really just, just there to serve. It's not that they're not valued. They just are very much servants. So when we see that Jesus comes to the home of Martha, that's a little bit odd. That we see a woman's name mentioned. She is truly the first Martha Stewart. She really is. Her home is very well known. We've got this small town and then we've got Martha's house. Everybody knows about Lazarus and Mary and Martha's house. It's, It's a great place to go. People enjoy being there. So that's where we are in verse 38. So the woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Now I want to take a quick quick look at verse 39, where we begin to see her sister. This is where we hear about her little sister, Mary. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. Okay, second second little detail in this passage that should catch our attention is that first of all, we've got Martha. This is, there is a man, Lazarus. He hasn't even been mentioned yet. Jesus is welcomed into Mary's home. She's known for service. Her house is well known. And then we hear about her sister, Mary. And notice what it says about Mary. Mary did what? Mary, she did what? She sat. It says that Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Now, based on what we just talked about, about what men do and what women do, Mary is kind of taking a risk here. She's sitting. Women are in a role of service and Mary is sitting. That's very interesting. When Jesus came, he brought with him several people, his his 12 guy friends. And there were probably some other men that showed up and they all come into the house and they're taking off their cloaks and they're putting their staffs down. And, and Mary should really be in a role of service here. And they all go into the living room and they're sitting down and here comes Mary. Hey, and she just sits down right in the midst of them. And so um, we see that she's willing to take a chance in order to be close to Jesus. She's willing to take a chance, hang out with guys, which number one, women don't usually do. And number two, she's willing to sit with them. Now imagine what the servants are thinking. What in the world is she doing sitting in there? How come she isn't in here stirring the green beans and icing the cake? And imagine what the guys are thinking. They're probably looking at her going, why is she in here? So Mary's this very quiet but kind of kind of interesting uh, twist to the story here. So this is a big night. This is like a prime rib kind of night. Mary's got out the best table linens, bone and china, now fresh it's cut. Time for the man moment. Seriously. This is the problem with clay pigeon shooting, frankly. So what I need is a bigger spread. And a bigger target. A much bigger target. Pull! Mmm. I think I hit it. And I think, if we look at that again, I got it right in one of the windows. 
thing is, though, I want more bigger stuff. Now, this is more like it. It's a general-purpose machine gun. Fires 900 rounds a minute, 7.62 millimeter ammunition, has a range of as near as makes no difference a mile and a half. and yet somehow I'm left with a sense that maybe we should go bigger still. Ooh, a Ford Scorpio. Always wanted to kill one of those and now is my chance. This is the bullet I shall be using. When it hits the target, doing around about 800 miles an hour, this will be pushed in and a copper slug in here will be released through the hole it's made into the car where it will ricochet around until it finds the fuel tank. Right. Are we ready? your man moment. Y'all are sad, strange little creatures. That's all I have to say. You should see these guys' faces from sitting up here. They're all like this. And then, and then when it explodes, they go, yeah. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Wow. Okay. Attractive moment there for the fellas. Uh, Y'all are beautiful, by the way. Um, okay, so back to the get-together. All right, so we've got Martha, and, uh, and, she's, and she's, she's busy getting ready for Jesus. We've had a little snapshot of Mary. And uh, I just want to take a minute and point out something about, about what Martha's doing here. You know, a lot of times, I, I was thinking about us as ladies, a lot of times when we have someone special come to our house, and we are just so excited to have the opportunity to have someone that means so much to us in our home. We get busy. We get working. We're cleaning. We're organizing. We're decorating, hanging new pictures, put out something new. We are just, we're working on it. We want our house to be perfect. We want the food to be perfect. Everything's going to be great. And so the person shows up and we're just so intent on having everything be perfect. And so we're running in and out of the kitchen. And, oh, can I get you anything? And it was that good? And can I get you some more? Oh, do you need this? Oh, do you need that? And we are so busy preparing for them that very often by the time the visit is over, we've not gotten to spend any time with them. Have ever, any of you ever been in that situation? where you're so excited about really doing something for somebody, and when they leave, you're just left with this feeling of disappointment because you've spent all your time just scurrying around like a little rodent, and you've not had the opportunity to really be with them. And that's the image that I get of Martha here. She's just doing, doing, doing. And one of the things that she does, and ladies, I really I want you to hear me on this today. One of the things that she does that is 
a pitfall for all of us that we must watch out for is that as she's scurrying around doing things, she peeks her head in the living room and notices what Mary is not doing. She notices that Mary is sitting while she is scurrying. And somewhere in that comparison, we see a whole lot of emotions start to come alive in Martha. And what I want to say to us today, ladies, is we have got to watch out about playing the comparison game. We do ourselves no favors when we put our focus on others and we constantly compare what we have to them. If I have a friend, no matter how much I may love her, if I have a friend and I go to her house and I think, man, I wish I had that. Look at her furniture. I love those dishes. I wish I had this house. I wish I wore her clothes. I wish my hair looked like that. I wish I weighed what she weighed. I wish my kids behaved like that. If I spend all of my time focusing on what I do not have, I become restless. I become angry. I become jealous. I become bitter. I become discontented. There's not one quality in any of those that is beautiful. Watch out, ladies. Be on guard. Do not allow yourselves to fall into the game of comparison. God has given you exactly what he means for you to have. And when we spend time comparing, we wallow around in dissatisfaction. And we become unhappy with the things that God has provided for us. Guard your hearts. That's extremely important. So we see that Mary has done this comparison thing. And so, so she decides that this is, this is not cool. She sees Mary, excuse me, we see Martha, excuse me. Martha has done the comparison thing. And she says, seeing that Mary is sitting in there. And so she's like, this is not cool. Here's what I'm going to do. And let's take a look. Let's go back to our scripture here. So it says, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by the dinner she was preparing. There we see it. She's in a flurry of activity. She's distracted. She's worried. She's busy. And so she came. She looks in there. She sees what Mary's doing. She's like, that will not do. I know how to take care of this. She gets herself up and she heads straight to Jesus. She knows what it is that she wants. She knows exactly what it is that she wants. And she comes to Jesus to tell him exactly what it is. Some of us are that way. We know exactly what we want. Watch this clip. What can I get you? I'll have a number three. I'd like the chef salad, please, with the oil and vinegar on the side and the apple pie a la mode. Chef and apple a la mode. But I'd like the pie heated, and I don't want the ice cream on top. I want it on the side, and I'd like strawberry instead of vanilla if you have it. If not, then no ice cream, just whipped cream, but only if it's real. If it's out of a can, then nothing. Not even the pie? No, just the pie, but then not heated. Uh Uh-huh. Bergman. Now she's low maintenance. Low maintenance? There are two kinds of women. High maintenance and low maintenance. And Ingrid Bergman is low maintenance? An LM, definitely. Which one am I? You're the worst kind. You're high maintenance, but you think you're low maintenance. I don't see that. You don't see that? 
Waiter, I'll begin with the house salad, but I don't want the regular dressing. I'll have the balsamic vinegar and oil, but on the side. And then the salmon with the mustard sauce, but I want the mustard sauce on the side. On the side is a very big thing for you. Well, I just want it the way I want it. I know. High maintenance. You ever heard yourself say that? I just want it the way I want it. High maintenance, low maintenance. A lot of us can probably find ourselves in that illustration. We could even probably look at this family and these sisters of Mary and Martha and think, whoo, there's Martha. She's an HM, definitely HM, high maintenance. Or maybe she's the worst kind. Maybe she's high maintenance, but she thinks she's low maintenance. Chris says that about me all the time. I can't imagine what he's talking about. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, we get to the, we get to the meat of this here. And so she comes to Jesus. She's had it. She's peeked in there. She's seen, she has seen Mary sitting down. And I can just picture, use your, use your holy imagination with me for a minute. I can just picture Martha walking by, sees Mary in there sitting with the guys, eyes glued on Jesus. This will never do. A little straightening of the apron. Wipe the sweat off the brow. Quick check. All right, here we go. So she comes to Jesus and she says, and look at this closely. I love this. Um, we're in verse 38 of Luke chapter 10. Excuse me, we began in verse 38, but now we're um, finishing up verse 40. She says, she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Doesn't it seem unfair to you, Lord? Lord, don't you care? I am busy running around trying to make some type of party happen here. I'm trying to take care of all of you. And here she sits. It's not fair. Don't you care, Lord? Notice what she's doing. She's comparing. We just talked about that. It's not fair. She sits, I slave. She's, she sits around, I work like crazy. It's not fair, Lord. So let's see what Jesus says to her. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Most important part. Martha says, tell her to come and help me. I've just about had it, Lord. She sits, I slave. Tell her to come and help me. It's not fair. Tell her to come help me. And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. He just cuts right to the quick right there. Martha, Martha. I love the way he says her name twice. Maybe some of you have done that with, with a child or with a spouse. When you really want to get somebody's attention. I might look at one of my boys and say, Jed, Jed. Sometimes I'm like, Jed. Jediah Clark. You know, when you use the middle name, ladies, it's all over. But anyway, but he says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. How many of us in here today are worried and upset about many things? We're so busy with our preparation of things. We're so busy with our agendas. We're so busy trying to squeeze every single momentum out of every moment that we have in the day. That we are worried and upset and stressed out and hurt. 
Maybe our marriage relationship isn't what it should be. And we are worried and upset. Maybe our children are facing some things and we don't know how to help them and we're worried and upset. Maybe there's this guy or this girl that we really want to go out with. We really want to go out with. And we're worried and upset. We can be worried, upset about our jobs, about our finances. So many things for us to be worried and upset about. And Jesus just looks at her and he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. And then he says, there is only one thing that is needed. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it. I had to stop and think about myself in that moment, if that had been me. What if I was standing there and I've just, I've just come up to Jesus and I've presented my case to him. It's not fair. She sits. I work. Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus looks at me and he says, you are so worried and upset about many things. She's chosen. She's she's chosen what is best. She's chosen the better part. I can tell you, ladies, I would not be very beautiful in that moment. I would be so hurt. The first thing is I'd just be like, do you not see what I've tried to do? I've got all your friends here. I invited y'all to come to my house. This is what I'm known for. Don't you see, Lord, I'm trying to do all this stuff for you. Then I'd probably morph right into anger. What, are you kidding me? I've spent all this time and all this preparation. I could have I could have been washing clothes this afternoon and I was working on this. And then just sheer embarrassment. As I listen to myself rant and rave, and then I realize that the Son of God is right here in front of me, and all I can do is keep my focus on myself. And I look at him and I realize that I'm more concerned with a pot roast than I am being in his presence. Ladies, we are worried and upset about many things. Guys, you guys are worried and upset about many things. And God is saying to us, choose the better part. Mary has discovered it. One thing, be concerned about one thing. And Mary has discovered it. I don't find it a surprise how Martha would have felt because I'm sure I feel the same way so often. I feel like if I can just do this, if I can just get the laundry done and finish the vacuuming and get this thing done, then I'm going to come over here and have my quiet time. Then I'm going to be able to focus. I'm so busy preparing for him that I'm not spending time with him. And that brings us to our big idea for today. When we find ourselves in this situation, we need to take a step back and ask, am I doing or am I being? Am I doing things for the Lord? Am I so busy doing this and doing that? I'm serving here. I serve in children's and I help with greeters and and I buy snacks for the youth stuff. And and I'm serving. I'm doing all the stuff. Or am I being? We can do it in our homes with our children. We can do it with our husbands. We can do it with our friends. I'm doing and I'm doing and I'm doing. But am I being? Am I being in his presence? Am I spending time with him? Am I in his word? Am I praying? Am I worshiping him? 
when our work gets in the way of our worship, we have gotten everything backwards. It is important for us to serve when we know the Lord. Yes, it is. But it is more important that we take the time to cultivate a heart that knows him. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I can hear it in your heads because I hear it in mine. When am I supposed to find the time to do that? I've got all these things to do. I've got to go to work and I've got to feed the dog. And at some point I've got to get a pedicure. I mean, really. I've got to keep my hair done and I've got to spend time with my husband and I need to hang out with my girlfriends. And so at some point, spending time with Jesus just becomes another thing on our to-do list. And that's not what he wants. He doesn't want to feel like he's something that we just check off at the end of the day. Listen to this verse again, ladies. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. One thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has found it. Am I doing for him or am I being with him? Are you doing or are you being? Culture clamors after us. Oh, do this thing. Achieve this thing. Have this thing. And Jesus says, be still. Be still and know that I am God. Be still, dear one. How can you possibly know what I want when your to-do list is so full that you've crowded me out? You're so busy preparing for me that you've missed me altogether. Ladies, he is calling us to take off the apron and lay down the dish towel and kick off our shoes and come and hang out in the living room. Notice that when Martha came to him, he never looked at her and said, why can't you be more like Mary? Why can't you just chill out, relax, come on in? No, he didn't. He never condemned her because God made both. God made Mary and God made Martha. And we each have a specific place, but we need to cry out with the heart of a Mary. I want to know you, Lord. I want to love you, Lord. It's not about head knowledge. It's about the condition of our hearts. And we are never more beautiful than when we run into his presence and we sit down right in front of him and we listen intently. Ladies, he's calling you. Come and sit with me. Be still. Guys, he's calling you. Come and sit with me. Let me show you how to lead your home. Let me show you how to love your wife and your children. Ladies, he's calling. Let me show you how beautiful you truly, truly are. Let's pray. God, what a gift you give to us in your word. What a gift you give to us when you show us people who are just like ourselves, who struggle with the things that we struggle with. They struggle with time management. They struggle with a to-do list. They struggle with worry. They struggle with, with wanting to do things to be noticed and, and 
and garnish attention. And what you say to us is, one thing is needed. You're the lifter of our heads and you lift our chins to have our eyes meet with yours. And you look straight at us and you say, you are never more beautiful than you are with me. Come to me. Listen to me. Let me change your heart. Let me show you what true beauty looks like. You are precious to me. And I long to be with you. Father, as we come to our time now where we receive our offering, let us remember that we need to offer you the purest parts of ourselves. We need to offer you not our leftovers, not our busyness, not not our to-do list, but our hearts, Lord. And flood us, flood us with the goodness and the beauty of you. We ask these things in your precious and beautiful name. Amen.